Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Podcasting for Educators. Today's episode is for those of you who already have a podcast but not a huge audience, or those of you who might be thinking about starting a podcast but you're worried that nobody will listen because you have a quote-unquote small audience on social media or maybe you have a small email list or a non-existent email list, whatever it may be, however you're measuring your audience size. And if you're wondering if it is possible to launch to a small audience, the answer is absolutely yes. You are more than capable of creating a successful podcast, even if you don't have a huge audience already in place. Now, before we get into the episode, I have something that I want to share with you that I am really excited about. If you are listening to this episode the week that it goes live, it is April 2022, and next month, May 2022, I am going to be opening the doors to my course, Podcasting for Educators Prep School, and this is going to be kind of like your one-stop shop to podcasting. So it's going to show you exactly how to plan out your show intentionally, how to launch your show, and most importantly, how to manage your show week to week in a way that is stress-free and doesn't add a ton of time to your already very, very busy schedule. So it's going to consist of five modules with several quick lessons in each of these modules. There's going to be templates and swipe copy and planning guides, everything that you need to make your show a success. I've really taken everything that I have learned and that I've seen has worked really well with launching my clients' podcasts as well as my podcast, and now I'm going to share it with you in this course. So you can get on the wait list now and Once you're on the wait list, you will be the first to hear when the doors open, and you will also be receiving a coupon that's going to give you a major discount for the first round of people who go through this course. And the link to get on that wait list is www.podcastingforeducators.com slash waitlist. All righty, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators, the podcast that helps TPT authors and other online educators launch and grow their show. I'm Sarah, former elementary school teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm on a mission to help you get your podcast out and into the ears of those who need it most. Busy teachers, counselors, literacy specialists, SLPs, parents, and everyone in between. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and podcast industry updates so that you can be on top of your podcasting game and gain some new customers along the way. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Okay, so in the land of Instagram or Teachergram, it can be really overwhelming to see All of these people who have thousands and thousands, sometimes even hundreds of thousands of followers. It is normal for us to see people with 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 followers. That is madness. Because when we see big numbers like this, it can make you feel like you are inadequate or that you don't have a big enough audience to fill in the blank, to launch a podcast, to launch an online course, 
to open up a TBT store, whatever it may be. So what I really want to talk about today is that there are tons of people who have very, very successful businesses and very, very successful podcasts without having massive Instagram followings and a insanely large email list with hundreds of thousands of subscribers. This is very much a quality over quantity situation because think about it. You probably have seen those Instagram accounts that have like 15,000 followers, but every time they post on their feed, they have like zero comments, maybe one or two comments. And I don't know about you, but I would much, much rather have 500 engaged Instagram followers or 100 downloads a month of engaged podcast listeners than a huge number with absolutely no interaction with them or no engagement with them. So I do want you to really keep that in mind. If you're somebody who feels like you don't have a big enough audience to do whatever it is that you want to do. So what I want to do first is share my experience with launching my podcast with you because I am definitely somebody who would fall in that category of what we would label as a small audience. So let's take a quick trip back in time to when I first launched my podcast. Now, I have had my business for a few years now. But back in, I believe it was end of August or September 2021, I did a huge rebrand. So I was already working in podcast management, but I really wanted to niche down and work specifically with educators because I was already working with several TBT sellers and people in this education space. And I just loved it because I'm a former teacher myself. And so That felt really good to me, and so I decided to just go all in on that and rebrand my business. I redid my website. I started a brand new Instagram page from scratch, which can feel very scary to start from ground zero, but honestly, it felt more exciting than scary. But I did start from scratch, so that Instagram page started, I want to say it was September 2021. I launched my podcast just a month later at the very, it was the first week of October 2021. So while I had a business already, I did not have a social media following by any means. I had done my rebrand. I quite literally did not have an audience. I had maybe a couple hundred followers on Instagram and I didn't have an email list yet. I didn't have an email list until I started my podcast. Because I really had never had a use for one because I've always just done one-on-one client work and I've had a full enough roster that I've, I've never really had even used social media for my business. So trust me when I say that I was starting from ground zero when I started my podcast. Anyway, so I started this podcast for several different reasons. So when I launched that first week, that my podcast came out. I launched with three episodes. And did people listen that first week? Yes, they did. But who were they if I didn't have an audience? Well, during that first week of my launch, a lot of my listeners consisted of 
family and friends <laughs> who were very curious about what I was doing and they wanted to be supportive, but let's be serious. If you have an online business, then it's very likely that 99% of the people in your personal life have virtually no idea of what you actually do. Even if they're super supportive, they they just don't quite get it. And so when I launched this podcast, there were a lot of people who were very curious and wanted to show their support and listened. Okay. So I've got my mother-in-law, I've got my childhood friends who are listening. Great. Then I have some networking friends who I know in the online space who wanted to listen. And then I have my amazingly supportive clients who are listening, many of who still do listen on a weekly basis. And then I had people who I had started connecting with on Instagram, even in those very early stages of when I started my new Instagram page, who were very curious about podcasting and they wanted to learn more because I think in this, this teacherpreneur space, there's a lot of people who are very interested in dabbling with the idea of podcasting, but they just aren't quite sure how to get started. And so there was definitely a group of those people who were listening in the beginning. So in the beginning, lots of different kinds of people who were listening, but there were listeners because trust me, if you haven't ever launched your podcast yet, that first week you're like, oh my gosh, what if literally nobody listens? And then you look at your downloads and you're like, okay, somebody's listening. <laughs> we're on the right track. Okay, so if I didn't have very much of an audience at first, what did I have going for me? Well, I had a very clear audience. I knew exactly who I was speaking to, and I knew exactly why I was starting this podcast. My purpose was very clear in that I wanted to teach educators more about podcasting, how to start a podcast, and how to continue their podcast week to week. I also had confidence in what I was teaching. This is what I have been doing. This is my full-time business is helping other people with their podcast. And so I very much do know the ins and outs of it. And so I 100% felt confident in the information that I was putting out in my episodes. I also had clear content pillars that I knew I wanted to cover in my episodes. It wasn't all over the place. Some people go into podcasting with you know, they want to cover motherhood topics and they want to cover teaching topics and they also want to talk about reality TV shows and they want to sprinkle in some online business. And that can be where things get really confusing for the listener. So that is definitely something that I had going for me. And if you are somebody who has a small audience, that is what I totally recommend that you focus on is making sure that if nothing else, you are very clear on who you're speaking to and very clear on the content that you're putting out. So I knew that the main things I was going to speak on in this podcast is first, how to start your show, how to grow your show, and how to incorporate your podcast into your business. Those were kind of like the main content pillars or themes that I want to stick with in this show. I'm interrupting this episode to let you know of a resource I have created just for you. 
One of the most common questions podcasters ask is, how can I grow my podcast audience? My top answer is to guest on other podcasts. Think about it. When you're intentional about which podcast you guest on, you're getting in front of ideal customers who are also podcast listeners. So how do you land interviews that will give you big results? I've put together a three-episode private podcast series all about how to approach the podcast guesting strategy. You can access it by heading to podcastingforeducators.com slash private podcast. I'll see you there. Now back to today's episode. Another thing that I had in my corner was social proof. So even though I didn't have a big Instagram account, I did have posts on there that showed that I do work with podcasters, I support podcasters, it's what I do, it's what I love. And so anybody who came across my Instagram page could very clearly see that I know what I'm talking about. I do work with people. I have helped them with their show. And so then when they see that I have my own podcast, they know that it's legit, (laughs) for lack of a better word. And then the one other thing that I had that I think unless you've worked in podcast management, this might be what people are missing when they first start their podcast. And that is that I went into starting my show with a very strong understanding of how podcasting works and that it was going to be a slow process. As somebody who isn't coming into this with tons of followers and tons of email subscribers, this isn't going to be an overnight success. It's going to be a slow growth, but I know the value in podcasting and the power that it can have in your business. And I know that that slow growth is some of the best kind of growth that I can have. And I know that it's worth it. So hopefully that comes across to you so that you can go into launching your show with that understanding as well. Because truly, if you have a business, a very clear audience, and a clear purpose for your show, and a little bit of patience, you will be successful. Your show will be successful. So that was kind of the beginning of my podcasting journey. So now let's do a quick check-in because as I'm recording this today, I am just about exactly six months in to podcasting. And I can tell you that six months in, I have four times my monthly downloads since my first month of podcasting. And I know that it can be helpful to like get a a little bit more descriptive with this. So my, I told you I launched in October, 2021. October and November, my first two months were pretty even in terms of downloads. Like they were, November was just a teeny bit more, but nothing like super substantial. Then in December, it actually, my downloads went down just a teeny tiny bit. Again, nothing substantial at all, but my overall number in December was less than my downloads in November. And that is very normal, A, for December because people are, you know, getting ready for the holidays. I would say December is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest months that you might see a decrease in downloads. 
and that's totally normal, but it's also very normal for your downloads to ebb and flow a little bit. So that was December. January, my downloads almost doubled. February, my downloads doubled again. And then March, they almost doubled again. So I had a lot of growth in months four, five, and six of my show. So that's one thing to look at in terms of how it's going. I've also connected with new clients because of my podcast. So I've connected with people that I have since launched their podcast and that I've done paid strategy calls with through my podcast. I have gained new email subscribers. Pretty much all of my email subscribers have come from my podcast. And of course, social media followers as well. So I have absolutely seen the ROI in having my show even just six months in. And most importantly, I would say that my three like biggest perks of podcasting so far is that I have made so many new relationships with both listeners and guests that I've had on the show. It has made content creation so much easier. It is amazing to record a podcast episode and then be able to have so many ideas from that episode to then put into social media posts and to weekly emails and everything in between. And then the third thing that I have just loved is that I hear from people who have actually taken what I've taught in the podcast and used it in their business and in their podcast. And that is just amazing to hear and to see. So if you are somebody who has learned something from this show, I always just absolutely love when you reach out to me and let me know that this show has helped you because honestly, that is one of the best parts about being a podcaster. So like I said, in my opinion, my podcast has 100% helped my business and helped content planning become much easier for me. So what has helped me get there? Putting out consistent weekly episodes. I haven't missed any weeks yet. Focusing on creating content that is filled with value and that is educational, that is teaching you something every single week. Having on guest experts who bring new value to the show, value that I couldn't provide to you on my own. And then those guests also go and share with their audience, which of course helps bring in new listeners as well. And then I kind of have a second kind of guest who both act as a guest expert and as a success story. So I've had on several of my clients who have come on and shared their experience with podcasting and how it has really helped their business and that those are some of the most popular episodes because, of course, with anything, you know, if you're curious about trying something, it's always so helpful to hear from other people's experiences. So if you have a podcast, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, definitely consider how you can bring people on who you have helped, who you have worked with, who can share their experiences and just further provide that proof of success. And then the other thing that has contributed to the growth in my show is speaking opportunities. So guesting on other podcasts, 
speaking at virtual summits. I did a whole episode on this. If you haven't already listened to it, you can go back to episode 26 to hear me talk about that in much more detail. Now, with all of this in mind, let's look at some quick ways that you can measure your success and your growth so that you can see if having a podcast is or might be paying off for you. Number one, of course, is downloads. Everybody wants to track their downloads. You should track your downloads. It's not by any means the only way to measure the success of your show, but of course you want to track those. So track your downloads over time. That's why I recommend tracking one-day, seven-day, 30-day, 90-day downloads, as well as your monthly downloads and your all-time downloads, because then you can really see that growth over time. And the only number that you should be comparing to is yourself, your own growth. You might hear that Mary has 50,000 downloads a month on her podcast. That's great, okay? She might have started her podcast with 100,000 people on her email list, and so she's got a much larger audience to start with. Or maybe she's been podcasting for five years, so of course she's going to have more downloads than you as somebody who has just started. So do not compare your download numbers to anybody but your own. You can also measure your success by the any kind of messages that you get from your listeners, so emails, DMs on social media. That is a great way to really get a feel for who is listening and how your content is helping them. And if you're not hearing from people at all, don't freak out because you will have people who listen to your podcast every single week and they'll never write a review, they'll never send a message, but then one day you're going to hear from them and they're going to tell you, I've been listening to your podcast for the past year, every single week, I never miss an episode and you've helped me so much. So you really just don't quite know who's listening and how often they're listening. So Again, you you really just can't measure your success based on just one thing. But if you are super interested in learning more about your audience and learning about who really is listening, I highly recommend that you put out a survey to your audience to ask them questions about themselves, ask them what they'd like to hear on the podcast, all of that good stuff. I did this a couple months ago, and it was wonderful and very validating for me. And I will, I'll do an episode on that soon, specifically on audience surveys, because I think that they can be very, very, very helpful for you. And then of course, you can also look at your conversions. So are you gathering email addresses from things that you are promoting on your podcast? as well as, of course, any kind of paid offerings. Is that traffic coming from your podcast? So there's lots and lots of ways to measure your growth over time beyond just downloads. So if you have been wanting to start your show, but you do have that fear of, oh my gosh, I barely have an audience. Should I wait until I have gotten a larger audience, more followers on Instagram, and then launch my podcast because then I'll have more people to launch it to. No, there's no right time to start, and you can do both at the same time. You can grow your email list. You can grow your Instagram while you grow your podcast. And in fact, your podcast is only going to help you do that faster. 
And then if you're somebody who has already launched your show, but you feel like your downloads are super low, things aren't converting, I really encourage you to hang in there. Keep with it. Keep being consistent. You will see growth if you do. Before we go, I just want to give you one more reminder that you can join the waitlist for the Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash waitlist. I hope to see you there and I'll talk to you next week. If you have any questions or takeaways from this episode, send me a message on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'd love to hear from you. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes at podcastingforeducators.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Bye for now.